Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts Ayla Hadi, Allison Weaver, and Johnny Pinea. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Secondsies. We are very, very honored to have your presence once again. I'm joined with our usual hosts, as you have just heard in the intro. And uh, we're looking forward to discussing a young talent right now. Um, and she is from South Africa. So our topic today is going to be opera. But we are focusing on one song specifically from La Traviata. So the song is Estrano. And uh, we will be talking about the song. We'll be talking about La Traviata a little bit. And of course, we'll be talking about this new talent and what singers are dealing with these days post-COVID a little bit. Um, mostly we'll be thinking about themes and uh, other interesting points that come out of this opera rather than technical because neither of us, none of us are technical in this field. So uh, we will be limiting ourselves a little bit. I have done more with opera singers and such, but I'm no director. So uh, this will be a more relaxed um, type of episode. So the Traviata is a very well-known, well, well, well-known opera. So the action it takes place in Paris, uh, surrounding around uh, 1850. And Alfredo Grimaud is a young man from a good provincial family and falls in love with the courtesan Violetta Valeri uh, during a private party. So they're really in love and Violetta abandons her work and gives herself to Alfredo, which is a terrible idea. But she doesn't know that. And <laughs> Monsieur Gamon, the Alfredo's father, the name of the bourgeois, uh, respectability, uh, persuades her to break up. So Violetta then writes this breakup letter, but doesn't explain the real reason for her choice. And then she's also so she's also uh, suffering from tuberculosis, and this tuberculosis acts up very, 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 very violently. And a month later. Uh, Alfredo learns that Violetta never stopped loving him and that she sacrificed her love for his reputation. And he feels really horrible and runs to her bedside. But it's too late because exhausted by her illness, she dies in his arms. So it's a quite a dramatic... Well, so much for like, you know, sorting the end out for us. You know, yeah, of course. Great. I will spoil it forever for everyone. But yeah, yeah, most people don't know. understand the opera, so I'm just going to... Yeah. <laughs> this is from, from Giuseppe Verdi, of course. Um, si. And the... Ah, the great Dumas. Mr. Dumas. The one and only. And now we're going yeah. to look at uh, the artist here a little bit. Um, a little bit of her history. Uh, more recent history. And... Um, she graduated from the University of Cape Town and received third prize in Pachillo Domingo's Operalia Singing Competition in London. 
2015, and then she started winning prizes elsewhere. And she was part of the opera studio at Cape Town Opera, and she appeared in La Traviata. And she was also Parmina in The Magic Flute and Rosina in Il Barbare de Sevilla and Micaela in Carmen. And so when she went to the Teatro Colón, that was kind of her break in 2016, and she became Clara in Porgy and Besque. And then following after that, she went to the Rossini Academy of the Rossini Opera Festival Pissarro, and of course singing Madame Cortese in Il Viaggio de Reims, and then well, by Rossini. And then later she started to get bigger parts like Bavarian State Opera. And then she sang Candide at Bergen National Opera. And then she was at Pamina Opera North. So she's she's been working her way up in the opera world very slowly, but surely. And she also appeared with the London Philharmonic as first elf in Ruslavka, which was by Dvorak. So that is where she quickly kind of came up into more of a more of a European circuit view a little bit more at that point. And then she was on tour before the pandemic um, uh, with Rigoletto at the Gildenborn, Glindenborn, sorry, Glindenborn. Anyway, so then since then she's been performing and doing amazing things, but I was very excited to show her off to everyone in this podcast because she's an up and coming star and she has a lot of potential to to do a lot kind of like pretty yende is finding her place and others so without further ado let's talk about our piece today which of course is estrano from la traviata by verdi um so what we'll do is we can we can take this more from of course a uh theme thematic or a thoughtful perception of how does she deliver her her performance we are not going to get technical musically because uh, the previously mentioned so um let's hear firstly from aya go ahead and tell us about your impression of this piece because you are new to opera so of course this is something i'm very interested to see how you first uh your first impression of this piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's not so much that like I'm new to opera. I am new to opera, but um, uh, my impression of opera before this was not the greatest. And that can <laughs> sort of be tied to my 10th grade literature assignment where we were doing kind of a comparative assignment about uh, Macbeth in different mediums. Oh, no, and I no. had to yeah had to watch the Macbeth opera as like a 15 year old I'm glad I'm not sitting in my theater or I would walk out and do the thing and come back anyway (laughs) yeah yeah so I my classmates and I were not amused by this and so since then I just have been kind of put off but um I'm glad I started up again with this really lovely woman um I thought it was so interesting that before the particular performance that we watched, apparently she had gotten the flu before that by two weeks. Wow. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she wasn't even sure that she was going to perform. She was about to drop out. But if it weren't for her advisor, like really pushing her to go through. So she 
just spent two weeks like drinking lots of honey and ginger and yeah she gave this incredible performance it was Bravo. yeah so um i thought she was quite lovely um not necessarily like in physical appearance that's not what i mean even though she's a lovely woman but i meant more in her delivery of the music um she was incredibly charming she kind of pulled me in with her animated facial expressions um and then of like building towards the crescendo um even though when you kind of read the lyrics it seems like a sort of melodramatic almost histrionic um narrative but she kind of made it more um accessible and approachable in my opinion and she at the same time also wasn't afraid to lean in with her kind of more manic slightly manic facial expressions to kind of really hammer in the theme of this possible love with alfredo um so that's kind of what drew me to her performance i really enjoyed it mm. yeah that's good stuff so johnny what did you think of this performance and the the artist herself the way she delivered well, it incredible beautiful subtle sensual um and, and also a master at, at what she was doing and and then When you watch somebody on stage in that kind of a circumstance, it's the worst circumstance to be in because mm. you're standing there and you have an orchestra behind you, hello, very big, and then you have an audience like 50 million miles away. Mm -hmm. right? And somehow you see, so you understand like, you know, good old, good old capes up. Uh, just pop sequence on it, darling. Just pop some sequence on. We're going to have big fat sequence, right? The flashy lights. If they miss a thing, well, then they'd like, sorry. You know what I mean? Because you can, you just become a little thing on the stage. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With this this voice and this, this beautiful voice and the way she never lets the voice take her. She always has control of that. I was watching and, and then I'm, it's a regular thing that, I'm, that, that, that the singers do where they test their resonances, you know, at certain times when they're having to go somewhere like the right down and, and for truth, uh, if you watch the performance, you will see when you hear that phrase, you know, I want you to sing it from the, you know, mm -hmm. um, that she, that is the first area that she goes to, to test the resonance is in her hips. She feels just on the side of her hips, just so that it's chest that is positive. Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Then she moves so that in performance, the way she does it, she does it with the most beautiful, sensual, but not in any way suggestive, only just sensual, caressing. It is so subtle and so beautiful. So she she used what was for her a technical issue, um, and she used it in, as a performance. She put it into performance. That is put it that way. Added to it. It gave it such a beautiful caress, you know, and so her voice is the same. It's a caress, you know. You don't have you don't have her like belting it, you know. It's like 
she has that ability, not only that control, of course, yes, but if she wanted to, she could lift the bloody roof off. Yeah, yeah. But all that back, she's riding that horse right through, right through, and you can see it being now on top of that. She's delivering a performance as well, which to me is an incredible thing. And the performance is also, as you say, subtle. Well, yes, we do have cameras today. We do have cameras. And, and all plays and all those, I mean, especially in those days, uh, where, where, where I think the circumstances were, were vastly different, obviously, with no microphones, great acoustics, maybe. But um, they dealt with writing plays and things like that that had to be histrionic, they had to be big, melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and opera, opera, baby, let's bang it out there. Come on, honey. Come on, honey. You know what I mean? It's like literally like that. You're not working with the sound system, you know, and uh, the theaters weren't that marvelous. So, so I mean, they might have looked beautiful. Acoustically, I don't, I don't have no <laughs> Yes, a lot of these theaters are trash. Oh, don't get me started. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to insult them, but I mean, you know, they, they were. And, 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 and these guys came in there and like brought like shows there and they looked at it practically. You know, this is a practical decision you make. You kind of, you walk on stage, you look at the size of that audience, you look at the size of the theater, you know, and when you're working a massive theater and, and, and you don't have a, like I've, I've been in those circumstances for years, a massive, massive theater, massive audience, and you have no microphone. Nobody right. has a mic. All the actors, you got to do it with your voice, forever. You got to right. You have to up. project with your you voice. Hit the back. Yeah. It is frightening, and 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 appear ten feet tall on that stage. I love the way Liberace puts it. And that is the truth. Liberace said he went to go watch piano, and there came this one wonderful pianist walked on the stage in a black coat and, and you know tails white shirt, the usual, sat down and started playing. And he disappeared. He disappeared on stage, like an ink spot. And, and, and what was there was the piano. And he looked at it and he said, no, 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 no way is that going to happen. Henceforth, Liberace would come out of uh, a white or pearl-colored Rolls Royce, escorted by the Chippendales. You know, in, in a, like a mink coat that ran for like you know, an obscenely long, like 20 like feet or so. But he made it humongous out of the top. Yeah. And, and of course, now our times have changed so dramatically, even though now the story of Matri Viata is, is, is your usual story. And it is a story that can be related to all that. And no matter how we, I would wish, let's put it, I keep it to myself. I would wish, yeah, I, I, anything that comes into that area of Romeo and Juliet, et cetera, et cetera, I just like, you know, and, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, you know, like, like and I don't, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, you know, it's, it's just that kind of thing. Romeo, you know, Romeo, why, Romeo? Why are you No, no, it's, dope. it's just so stupid. It's, dope. it's, it's stupid. so it's dumb. Like, I feel like I want to walk in there. I want to walk in there and I want to slap both of them. You know, yes. I want to slap the two of them and say, "Will you get your bloody act together and stop being so?" You know, right? Whining little, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, you know, we will get the performance that I think so many opera singers in the past would have wished to have given. Um, but the times were different, things were different. Opera was done differently, you know. You went and did that, like, you know, 300, 200 years ago. You go and do something like that. I, yes, I'm sure it would move people, but they wouldn't hear a thing. And they would sit there and say, it's very soft, yeah, you know, and that kind of thing, because we've got microphones now. She's actually holding back. Yeah, she's microphone. very holding back because of the microphone, or she she's would blow it up. from that microphone, you know. Uh, she's writing herself in, and 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 but she would blow up that whole sound system if she really gave it to him. She could blow them. right. She would blow the and, roof uh, off. You know, like the yeah. like so many opera singers, like Anna Trebko. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. like there's so many that can blow the roof off of a freaking venue. Like it's amazing. Oh, yeah. the but then there the are others that can't. There are other people that can't because they don't know how to manage their voice. And I find that very disappointing. It's it's divine to see someone like who's so young who's who's able to, it's just like, I mean, please, I'm not any opera, like, you know, Twindlitzki, but, but, you know, (laughs) foremost, my respect for opera and especially opera singers is beyond. Yeah. Uh, to me, to me, an opera singer is 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 half sumerista, half um, like kung fu master. You know, you know, a mixture of all happens in one thing. There, mm. the amount of, of, of strength, control, etc., that goes. I mean, it's crazy. I've, I've stood next to I've stood <laughs> next to a really great opera singer uh, while they were singing, and and I remember those floorboards, man. Oh, those floorboards are just shaking underneath. Yeah, yeah. Standing distance, yeah. It's so powerful. It's phenomenal. It is a phenomenon. It's true. I was just thinking of my of some of the people that I know in opera, and uh, one time, one of them, I think it was Nino that said this. Nino Surkulat said this that it's like a spiritual experience almost to perform an opera because you are like drinking several liters of water beforehand. You must eat something, especially for like Wagner or something, where you're going to go for three hours or four hours going, going, going with only a little bit of a break. Uh, They really just have to be in a very, very solid mindset for this kind of thing. And I've talked to a lot of different singers and they say that it's something where you are putting into some kind of, other world thing that has to come because if you are not that engaged with your character and you're not connecting to some kind of thing in the supernatural, if you will, you can never deliver that kind of power and you can't keep going because you have like you, like Johnny was saying earlier, a different time about like when you go on the stage, everything fades away and you have to, you have to just go. And uh, for this particular singer, I was especially struck by her performance of La Traviata because I am one of those really weird people that loves opera a lot and watches it quite a bit. And <laughs> I, I've heard a lot because I love good sound and I love I love musicality that's complicated and, and talent. And so I will listen to opera a lot. Um, 
for me, she's got this, this, uh, like we've been talking about, she has the power, she has the, the range that she needs. But to me, to me, what she did was, it was incredible. It was amazing. It was incredible. But like, there's it's, like it's between a number one and number two, opera, there's a little a bit of thing. Of like a little project. bit of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think she delivered it really poetically, really gorgeously. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I think she's excellent, like extremely talented, which is why I am bringing her there. But it might have been just like a matter of preference from someone or like a little little thing that made a difference for somebody. I don't know. But anyway, I wanted to just say for her, she's the like, for example, how she delivers like like, why do you think, oh, my troubled spirit? And then when she says, yeah. like, uh, like, no man before has kindled your flame like this. Like, and she, that moment she yeah. completely, like, the acting is like, wow, when you coming into the, into her voice and it's like wow she just completely takes you to another level and i love it um and i really really hope that she continues to uh to succeed as a as a singer cuz it's really hard mm-hmm. for people especially from certain countries to make a break these days in opera mm-hmm. but i think she's well on her way I, I honestly, I think, you know, we, but once you get to that stage, and, I mean, she's kind of pretty much there. Yeah, she's there. You know, it's, it's, it's one mm-hmm. kick more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will all say the same thing. as uh, the, the time that I remember, that probably, I don't know, the one time that I felt the most was most definitely in opera, you know. Yeah. Uh, when, the, when the dude started singing, man, my heart, my heart wanted to cry. Yeah. And then suddenly he took it somewhere else and it took my heart and ripped it and I went flying into the sky. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean that dramatically. No, it's a real... But it is a genuine reaction that happened to me. I was mesmerized completely. His sound completely encapsulated me. It surrounded me. Yeah. Because there's feeling to sound. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the beauties that like never gets, you know, spoken of, uh, is, is the fact that in a live audience, when you are out with the singer, there's something slightly different that you have. You have a frequency level that runs through your body mm-hmm. in various tones that you're unaware of. That frequency body is there uh, to actually help you feel the different feelings according to whatever the opera is. Right. As the words are written, as is the uh, the notes are even chosen. Certain notes and every musician knows I have certain effects, certain frequencies. But when you're sitting in the audience and you're actually physically feeling the rumble. Oh, the physical presence is very important. Feeling it, the rumble physically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the same time as, as you are in total wonder and you cannot for one moment take your eyes off or yeah. like just breathe. Actually breathing becomes hard. I find for me, breathing wow. becomes hard. There, was a, breathing. So there are some venues that really aid that as well. Like the Wiener, the Wiener Stratstopper in yeah, Vienna, yeah. or uh, if you go to the, yeah. you know, the, the, the Teatro Real in Madrid or some of these venues where the sound just like, 
just comes and you just no matter where you are if you're on the top or the bottom of the theater you're yeah. gonna feel this whoosh. it's amazing you'll feel it. anyway you were gonna say something Allah. i mean i to me it sounds like it's gonna be a very physically overwhelming sensation when you attend these performances yes. because the way you describe it it's like physical spiritual um yeah and i'm yeah. guessing if you're prone to migraines it's probably not like the best arena well, you for wouldn't you sit in the front to the direct like blind of attack <laughs> <laughs> you would yeah. sit towards i would put you in the mezzanine if i was putting yeah. on an opera i would put you in the mez we put you in the center and then mm-hmm. the people the people's bodies would would block a little for you Oh, I'm sorry. That was kind of like my own, my little interjection, just because the way you were, you all were describing the floorboards and just the, the whoosh in the air. I'm like, oh, this sounds like a overwhelming experience, but I'm guessing overwhelming in a good way. So yeah, it's a really, it's amazing. It's a really good way. Like for example, um, I can feel the difference in a theater that's well-made, like as Johnny and I were basically ranting about or a theater that's not well-made, for example, uh, the the Teatro Real in Madrid is such a well-made theater. It doesn't matter how you're sitting, where you're sitting, whatever, you're going to hear well and you will always hear well and you will always have mm-hmm. a very enjoyable experience. But I was at the Shanghai Opera. Johnny, have you been to Shanghai Opera? There we go. No, I haven't, okay. but like I've heard all about it. And, and, you know, it's, so it's like, I'll tell you my impression of there. And, yeah. and I think... So I, I went to the Shanghai Opera for Turandot, which is like, this is like the the baby, the 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 the, the, the heart of China. They always want to play Turandot. Now, once it debuted in the Forbidden City, and it was permitted to play Turandot, uh, then it became like the national treasure. So I went to hear Turandot, and uh, by Puccini and. I went there and it was like I was in a good seat. I had a very good day. The talent was good, but the sound was terrible. Like, oh, mm. uh, I mean, so mm. thankfully I was near the front so that I could hear the actual singers. But if mm. I would have been further back in the house, I would have died. And that's the, the opera house looks so beautiful. It has really great amenities. If you're going to perform there, it's fantastic. Like, especially for dance, it's great. But like, as far as like for music, it's very sad yeah. because I would expect them to have yeah. a much better sonic experience. But no, it like the sound was just dying after it like <sighs> hit a certain well, I place. Cry. I want to cry if something like that happens. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, I know. Well, it's like take yeah, take South Africa. We have some of the best. Best, and I'm talking big studios, like uh, you know, the kind of where they used to do radio recordings. Yes, yes. Like, massive, the best acoustics you will ever find, the best setup studios yes, you, you can do. ever find, and they're not being used. They're just not standing there, man. And because I mean, oh. there are no engineers who know how to use those studios anymore. Maybe I should go buy it and use and it. Like, you know, I mean, you're talking about ribbing and stuff. I mean, like. Ah, whoa, kind of studios. Yeah, you know? I know how to they use sound studios. These <laughs> incredibles. And, and, and you know, and, and a person gets used to a certain quality, especially with opera, that when you go, you get spoiled. Yes, like, it's true. I got so spoiled. You get spoiled. You get a goodie, man. 
mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you get the full power of it with all of the like support of a building and an audience and an orchestra behind the man or the woman that sings, you know, oh. like that pours their heart out, literally pours their heart out. The athletes that stand there, the great warriors that stand there alone on that stage and face it. And mm-hmm. they stare the dragon in the eyes and it's beautiful. And they calm the dragon with a beautiful voice. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think who uh, 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 does. She does that. Mm-hmm. She she uh, entrances an audience. She's not. She. It's like she does not reach out to get your attention. She waits for you yes. to bring your attention. To her. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is a very that that's incredible maturity in performance. Incredible maturity uh, in in the singer, in in as far as how she's trained and 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 built it. It's almost like she's, uh, you know, at that kind of stage, it's, it's like if she was a boxer, it's like kind of, man, if you don't give her a title now. Right. Then I miss the boat, bro, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I think she could rise to one of the top in the she world. Could, she if, could become if, one of the top divas, I feel. If, if, if it so goes. If it still so goes, one doesn't know. I don't know. Yeah. I know opera's changing a lot. But it's changing, but it's not dying because I, I just was uh, attending the Opera Awards and uh, with a Teatro Real, and they had a really, really just amazing bunch of new works coming, lots of ways to interact with the digital medium. They've been putting a lot of time and money into how they can become yeah. relevant to the the changes that are there, but still keep the yeah. art form authentic. And I felt it was really exciting to see a lot of the that development. Is yeah. That is divine. That is truly divine. And there's a lot of people you know, backing like, it still. A lot of people. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, sure. I mean, I've known a few, you know, opera singers and what they've had to go through, the training. Oh, my gosh. The yeah. lives they have to work, you know. Mm-hmm. There are certain they, they, the life of an office, like I say, athletes, the lives. Yeah, so it's they train like, so hard athletes, and so often. Athletes, athletes, yeah, uh, and beyond actually, beyond athletes. Um, but the, the the fact of the, the the ability to not only deal, with, you see, being able to like do the technique, one thing. But you got to learn to be able to live with that kind of lifestyle, to be able to live with that, because that takes you over. You become that. Yeah. And yeah. to live a certain way, eat a certain way. You know, everything has to be within the parameters of yes. performance, mm-hmm. of the voice. It's all encompassing. The body, because yes. the body supporting Completely. the Completely, yeah. And they, uh, yeah. they're always worried about what is my vocal, what do my vocal cords need right now? What is my... What is my abdomen? What do I need? What kind of food yeah. do I need? And it's a constant. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're like very much in tune with their bodies. Oh, yes. Yes. Intuitive. Well, that's, yeah. Did you see that? It's how she goes through her resonances. It's so beautiful the mm-hmm. way she does it. And mm-hmm. to be able to use yeah. all those resonances to be aware of, that is pretty incredible because it's, it's like, you know, even being able to, I've been able to like get to where I can like, you know, uh, do the, the like sort of Mongolian stuff where you are able to like have one thing going in the chest and stomach 
another thing going in the throat. You bring something into the like, you know, the, 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 the face cavity, and then you bring it up into all of the sinuses and etc. in the back of the head okay. and and down the neck. You know, which mm-hmm. I, to me is quite a buzz personally. Um, when it happens, when it all comes together for a brief moment, it, it is it is something sublime. So I cannot imagine how, wow, it must be for an opera singer to get out there, do it, man, and come off that Every stage, day. man. Like, yep. hey, I, I got through, I got through, I got through, I got through, I did that, I did that. And then yeah. even maybe have a one or two glorious moments. You know, where you have some glorious moments. You're not allowed to as an opera singer. As an opera singer, you've got to be so on your, like, toes that you don't have a second to indulge in the beauty of what is happening in the spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, the Duende story. It's like the true meaning of it comes there. Uh, it moves you. It takes your heart and moves you, and you have no idea why it's doing it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. It's like giving yourself to a lover, you know, in that sense. Because yeah, it, is, it comes and it takes you, and, and, and they are facilitating that. They've spent their lives working on something like that to give this what I would call a spiritual experience. Yeah, it is a spiritual experience. In some, because music is such a powerful, powerful tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My gratitude. Was... Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I thought it was very uh, cool how she had gone through this transformation in a short period of time. They had an interview with her on her um, like uni uh, yeah. news website, um, and she was talking about how when she first entered her uni. She had like a very small voice, had like no technique. Um, you know, the, her advisor says that she was talented, but, you know, the transformation from just a talented singer to an opera singer in a short period of time, I thought was quite cool and interesting and spoke to her abilities. We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week. Mm-hmm.